G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. In today's program, we go to a demonstration outside the Park Hotel in Melbourne in support of refugees being held there. These men were transferred to Australia from offshore detention centres as part of the Medivac relocation to receive necessary medical attention. Despite months of captivity in hotels in Melbourne and other centres such as Kangaroo Point in Brisbane, these people have not received the medical attention they are here for extending the human rights abuses they have experienced since being processed as refugees in Australia. We ask, is the political capital successive federal governments in Australia being reaping from cruel refugee policies being spent? Have the fears working people have, afraid for their jobs and safety, been calmed by cruelly treating refugees and paying big business billions to run detention centres. Before we delve into these issues, some union news. In New South Wales, Smeaton Grange Coles warehouse workers have been locked out for eight weeks over the Christmas New Year period, with the company refusing to negotiate over job security and redundancy issues. Coles is moving towards increased automation of its warehouses. In a new move, Coles put up a non-union agreement to a vote on Friday 15th of January. Concerned workers at Smeaton Grage led a strong no campaign, maintaining nothing has changed. Coles has not budged on the redundancy package and has completely ignored our claims that ensure job security including anti-harassment provisions and the use of casuals on higher functions. As well, Clause 9 of their conditional offer remains as a statement of intent from Coles to victimise people who have exercised their rights to protest and push them out before any redundancies become active. In October, we voted it down. Coles decided that this time around they're going to try the same thing without union endorsement, without negotiating correctly with the union, they're just going to run the same thing to a vote with you. What does this mean? It's an active move for the company to try and erode the power that the union has within the company, within the site, and at large. My position is vote no. Why? I believe that while we're still out here, we have an opportunity to change the outcome. A non-union ballot will not only be disastrous for Smeet and Grange, but sheds everywhere. By eroding the union now will make us weak and vulnerable when we go in in the future. We aren't just fighting for a good redundancy package. We're fighting against victimisation. We're fighting for our rights when we get back to work. Clause 9. There's been questions about where Clause 9 came from. Clause 9 came out of a discussion that took place in Parramatta prior to the first vote that we had. Clause 9 was a intention from us to ensure that the company has a no-harm, no-foul approach to any actions taken by people on the picket. What you've seen in writing is very clear Coles is intending 
to write people up on the basis of what they're doing outside here, over in the other sheds. They're sitting there saying that they're not going to pay you for this period of time, but they still want to enforce their principles, their rules, their code of conduct when you're not working for them. They lock you out, but they still want to be the cops over you. But understand, if they do issue final warnings to people, what that's going to do is put people's jobs in a position of jeopardy. Coles failed to get the agreement with workers represented by the United Workers Union rejecting the offer. This is the fifth time the offer has been rejected over the nine-week period. The company is expected to continue the lockout to February. An online fundraising effort to support the 350 locked-out families over Christmas raised over $60,000, and the union is calling for the broader community to continue donating money and food to locked-out workers. The link to the donation page is chuffed.org, C-H-U-F-F-E-D, dot org, forward slash project, forward slash support, dash locked, dashed out, dash coals, dash workers. A day of action on Friday, January the 22nd has been called to step up the action against coals and force them back to the negotiating table. The Rail, Bus, Tram and Train Union, South Australia Northern Territory Branch campaigned against the privatisation of the Adelaide train services on the grounds of service cuts and job losses. Despite worker and public concerns, the Marshall Liberal Government announced foreign-owned company Keolis Downer as the new private operator set to take over the rail network at the end of January as part of a 12-year contract worth $2.1 billion. However, to date, the company has been unable to recruit enough staff to run the system. Last Friday, Transport Minister Corey Wingate said... Drivers who were previously government employees who chose not to cross to the private operator would have no guarantees for the future. There is an offer on the table. It is a very, very good offer, but it will end on January the 31st. So if drivers choose not to come across, then they'll just be in the pool with the other 1,000 people that have already applied to be a train driver, he said. The Guardian reports that the federal LNP government is preparing to launch an advertising campaign to sell its changes to workplace relations laws after signing a new $200,000 contract for market research. The government insists any communications campaign would be launched only after the legislation passed Parliament, but Labor accused Scott Morrison of wasting taxpayers' money trying to convince Australian workers to take a pay cut. The industrial relations laws entered into Parliament before the Christmas break include removing rights to back pay from misclassified casual workers, stripping misclassified casuals of up to $39 billion in claims, giving employers control over part-time workers' duties on a flexible basis, and getting rid of the better overall test when new agreements are struck, allowing employers to force workers into lower pay and conditions than already exist. Labor's Industrial Relations spokesperson, Tony Burke, said Morrison was spending $200,000 of taxpayers' money to see how much he can get away with. Burke said... 
workers could lose take-home pay under Mr Morrison's nasty scheme and more spin and marketing won't change that. Julian Assange has been denied bail just days after a UK court ruled the WikiLeaks founder should not be extradited to the United States to face charges including espionage. Marcus Strom, Federal President of the Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance, Media, said MEAA welcomes the decision by a British judge to prevent the extradition to the United States of our member Julian Assange and calls on the US government to now drop his prosecution. The court ruled against extradition on health grounds, accepting medical evidence that Assange would be at risk in US custody. However, journalists everywhere should be concerned at the hostile manner in which the court dismissed the defence arguments related to press freedom. Julian has suffered a 10-year ordeal for trying to bring information of public interest to the light of day and it has had immense impact on his mental and physical health. But we are dismayed that the judge showed no concern for press freedom in any of her comments and effectively accepted the US arguments that journalists can be prosecuted for exposing war crimes and other government secrets and for protecting their sources. The bail application was denied because the court maintained Assange was a flight risk. The US government is appealing the court's decision not to extradite. Michael West News reports a study shows that 200 environmental scientists surveyed have reported increased job insecurity, damage to their career, job loss and had left the field because of speaking out about the ongoing effects of climate change coming up in their research. They are encouraged by government and private consulting firms who are their employers to self-censor or are prevented from speaking truthfully on scientific matters because of job insecurity. Of these scientists who had spoken publicly about their research, 42% had been harassed or criticised for doing so. Of those, 80% believed the harassers were motivated by political or economic interests. The TWU, the Transport Workers' Union, and the ASU, the Australian Services Union, are taking Qantas to federal court over wage theft in relation to JobKeeper payments to staff who remained employed during COVID. JobKeeper payments were marked as wage subsidy, not as wages replacement with workers not paid for overtime and penalties, said the unions. Nick McIntosh, TWU Assistant National Secretary, explains. Qantas have manipulated JobKeeper, they have rorted this system and they have received nearly a billion dollars of taxpayer money in order to do it. If you work with Friday and Easter Sunday or if you stay at home with your family on Friday and Easter Sunday, you get the same amount of money. You can't have a system uh, that's put in place uh, that manipulates workers in this way when they are actually worse off uh, under JobKeeper if they work than if they didn't work. That's not what the system was designed to do, to make workers worse off. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network.
The reason for why refugees have reached Australian shores by boat include war, persecution and economic distress. How these refugees have been treated over two decades has been a blot on Australia's copybook. Political parties have been able to continue with cruel policies because of fears for national security, fear of the threats to jobs and indifference. In her book, White Fragility, Robin DiAngelo, talking to an American audience specifically, writes, The call to make America great again worked powerfully in service of racial manipulation of white people, diverting blame away from the white elite and toward various people of colour, for example, undocumented workers, immigrants and the Chinese, for the current conditions of the white working class. Although D'Angelo is talking about America, the same buttons are pushed in Australia with rising job insecurity, wages stagnation and laws that increasingly give power to the rich over the poor. It is easy to forget the real blame for the hardships people are experiencing, that the great share of the economic pie is going to a small group at the top. Some figures. Since 2015, the richest 1% has owned more than the rest of the planet has owned. Eight men own the same amount of wealth as do the poorest half of the world. In 2013 to 2015, the world's biggest corporations together had revenue greater than that of the government revenues of 180 countries combined. In the US, over the last 30 years, the growth in the incomes of the bottom 50% has been zero, whereas incomes of the top 1% have grown by 300%. In the shadow of the US, Australia follows in its footsteps, with wages stagnation and the biggest threat to profits seen as wages increases and job security for the majority of Australians. Enter the new industrial relations laws the LNP government wants introduced. So, having a small pool of refugees to incarcerate and demonise can sometimes be a useful political tool. Let's listen first to Fahad Bandesh, who was released only a week ago after eight years in refugee prison. He is speaking at the rally outside the Park Hotel in Melbourne where people were calling for the refugees held there to be released. He is followed by a disturbing story by another speaker, Craig Foster. It's all part of the system of controlling the narrative and making us seem less than human. To the Australian government, we are merely human cargo being moved around for profit. How long will we profit from our misery and torture? How many more corporations are going to make money out of us? Because the purpose of this system is twofold. It is about securing votes for politicians and it is about making money for big corporations. It is a very powerful system that I wanted to just tell you a short story about when I went to um, Port Moresby in October, so long ago now, over a year, 
there was a gentleman there I met at Beirut, uh introduced me to Mohammed, uh, who was a South Sudanese refugee. And I sat down with Mohammed and he told me a little bit of his background and his story. Uh, and Beirut said to me, listen, just you know, just asking the, the following couple of questions. Because he's a shy, gentle soul, but he has a really horrific story to tell, if he's comfortable. And so I asked him, what happened to your family, Muhammad, once you left? And his village was attacked in South Sudan, and his house was burned down. And he had to send his wife and uh, two young daughters, uh, little babies, away to relatives. And of course, you know, this violence was mostly perpetrated on a, a certain tribe, so he had to flee. So off he went, he ended up in Christmas Island and then on Manus. Three years later, having had so much difficulty maintaining contact with his family, he called home this one Sunday in this 15-minute window that these human beings, these refugees, had to utilise the one phone that was in this compound in this prison, as Beirut calls it. And he spoke to home and someone said to him, your wife has been shot. Your wife has been murdered. And he said, what has become of my children? And they said, we don't know, we haven't seen them. So for seven days this man suffered not knowing what's become of his children and, and now having had this horrible news. But he had to wait a week, of course, to get back on the phone. So the next following Sunday, he came out and in, in that incredibly stifling, suffocating hot weather, and there was a line already of hundreds of men. And he went to the back of the line to stand. And the other men said, no, Muhammad, come to the front, please because everyone knew what had happened. So they started to shuffle him up to the front of the line, rightly, themselves displaying this extraordinary compassion because every man in that line had a story to tell. Every man in that line was so desperate to find news from home, from wives, from mothers, from fathers, from children, from brothers and sisters. And yet they took him to the front of the line and said, please, you go first. And as he was telling me, I was tearing up and I said, what happened? What did you find out? He said, well, I couldn't call because the guards stepped in and said, no, you have to go to the back of the line. You can't cut in here. And they all said, yeah, but we'll give, we'll give him our position. The first man said, I'll step out and go to the back. He can have this position. They said, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We have rules here and he must go to the back of that line. And he never was able to make that call. So that, that type of conduct is, when I hear those stories, that's why I'm on the phone to you now from northern New South Wales. That's why I and so many other Australians feel strongly about what these people have, have gone through. Yes, we, many of us have become friends with Boz and Farhad and others, but in the, the real essence of it is, how can that happen? How can we treat people like this? Now, Australia, we are fond of, we must admit, pointing fingers at other countries and I did I've done so myself only several years ago when I was advocating for a young Bahraini refugee in Bangkok 
And I was pointing fingers at numerous countries, at least two. But on this occasion, it's more difficult than ever because we must all point finger at ourselves. I really would like to know a little bit about yeah. a union stand for refugees, touch one, touch all. Do you want to give me an understanding of how that fits in? Yeah, sure. Well, I think unions have always regarded fighting racism as union business. It goes back a long way for Aboriginal rights. And unionists are um, committed, many unionists are committed to freedom for refugees because we know the only people who lose out when refugees are locked up, well, there's two people who lose out. One's the refugees and the other is the working class because it means we get the Liberals in power. So Unionists for Refugees has been going here in Melbourne probably for about two years. Fits and starts before that, two years of serious activity. Um, we had a forum with Michelle O'Neill from the ACTU before COVID. Since COVID, obviously, it's been a little bit more difficult, but I'm very proud to say that a few weeks ago, uh, Unionist Refugees called a rally right here where we're standing outside the Park Hotel. Um, we got a very good turnout. We probably had... Uh, maybe a hundred union members and a hundred other people who came along because of our call. Um, we had banners here from the teachers union, the AEU, from the NTU, um, which is university workers, um, from the Australian Services Union, and there were other unionists here, Media Entertainment and Arts Alliance. And we had a great rally here of unionists and supporters, and we marched around the block, and that was really the first full-scale rally to happen here since the men had been moved from Preston. And obviously we are very proud to have supported the rally today. Uh, there were some union banners and flags here. Um, the important thing is we, we say that if the working class is divided by racism, and that's what the Liberals love to do, um, we're easier, easier to beat. So united we stand, divided we fall. It means united with our brothers and sisters, regardless of where they come from, regardless of the colour of their skin, regardless of what religion uh, they follow or, do or don't follow. If you're a worker, you're a brother or a sister and we need to unite. Some of those people in there would be um, union members if they were out here in the community con allowed to contribute. Beirouz Buchani is a member of the Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance, proudly so. So, yeah, unionists have a lot to say about this. And most importantly, if we can get the momentum going inside the union movement, unions have potentially a lot of power. Uh, it's interesting because a lot of people who are um, refugees who do finally get some work, um, because what happens is, uh, like you say, there's a divide and conquer arrangement. The idea is that you've got an LMP federal government that keeps saying they're there for jobs. If you get people coming in from the outside, you're going to mm. lose your job. Mm. Um, even though it's provable that their policies undermine secure jobs, yep. uh, people are frightened. Yeah, It's also the case, it's quite funny, that some of the same politicians who go, oh, we've got to slow down immigration, give infrastructure a chance to catch up, are actually now, excuse my French, shitting themselves because there's no migrants coming in. There's no one coming to pick the fruit and vegetables. There's no one coming who wants a new house and therefore needs white goods and carpet and all the things that drive the construction industry. Migrants don't take jobs away from those of us who are already here. Migrants help build the, um, the size, size of the economy. Who gets the biggest share of that economy comes down to class struggle. 
not, not to passports, not to visas, uh, and workers who stick together, and there have been some great examples of workers on 457 visas who have stuck together and fought and organised for their rights. Um, credit to the United Workers' Union, um, even the Australian Workers' Union as well, for going out and trying to organise the hugely exploited, underpaid and badly treated workers who pick the fruit and vegetables that we take for granted in our supermarkets. Uh, it's interesting too, isn't it, that the industrial relations legislation that they're bringing to the table like just before Christmas uh, is really um, around creating, entrenching uh, wage theft, uh, removing conditions, making all work insecure in fact, making the entire rest of the population's experience of work the same as mm -hmm. uh, refugees and asylum seekers. Mm -hmm. This should bring common cause, shouldn't it? Absolutely. We've got a common enemy. The same government that locks up these refugees just behind us here at the Park Hotel is the same government that's going for our rights, trying to at attack the very limited gains that casuals have, uh, trying to cut back on superannuation, um, cutting back on the coronavirus supplement so that very soon those of us who are on JobSeeker are going to be back, up, back on complete poverty, poverty levels. So we have everything to gain. And we heard Moz, um, Moz from Manus, Moz from Mantra, now Moz from Park, speak to us early, earlier today. And he made it absolutely clear that we need to unite. And I think he's right, we need to unite as workers. Um, the moment you let racism into the workplace, you, you set yourself up to fail. Uh, and so when union activists take up the cause of refugees amongst their fellow workers, it's not an act of charity. It's about building workers' united self-defense mechanism, understanding that we're all part of, of, the, of the same battle. Um, is it national? There are units of refugees in other states, but there's no national coordination. There are just so, so it's inspired from within each... Uh... Yes, I know that Unionist for Refugees has been very active in uh, Brisbane, getting people down to the Kangaroo Point protests. I believe it's been active in WA, but there's not a, there's not a national network as such. There are just people doing similar things uh, around, around the country. Cool, thanks very much. That's okay. Can I get your name? Yeah, my name's David Glanz. Well, I'm Refugee Action Collective and Unionist for Refugees. Okay, and what's your union? Uh, Media Entertainment and Arts Alliance. Cool, thank you. Thank you. That's it for Stick Together this week. If you want to catch up with the show, we are podcast at 3cr.org.au and on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to drop us a line, email us on sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. And until next week, remember, wherever you are, Wherever you work, whatever you do, there is a union for you and stick together.
زرا از سر جهانی سازه کینه را از قلب خود رانه مهربان باشیم با هم از دل بخندیم هر دم شادمان باشیم با هم زندگی کنیم در Oh, 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 oh,